Today's message has been brought to you by Faith Family Church in Billings, Montana. For more information, visit faithfamilybillings.com. We're talking about faith. In uh, Matthew chapter 17, verse number 20, you can turn there and I'll, I'll read what the Lord gave me concerning uh, this morning. But it says this, I wrote this down. Faith is not a a subject too simple for us to go over. Unless we are receiving the full benefits of what the scripture tells us is available by faith, it it needs to be gone over again. The natural world we live in, the natural world we live in, is in, is daily countering our faith. How many realize that? Daily, you're being countered by things around you. In our fellowship with the Lord, our pursuit of the reign of the Spirit, and our daily living, we must strike the proper balance. Faith is vital because many times in our walk with the Lord, we feel nothing. How many have noticed that? You feel nothing. You're like, man, get joy back up here in the team. I just need to feel God again. Well, you can walk with him in intimacy by faith. You don't have to. I know when I was first saved, boy, that was tough for me. I was trying to reproduce the feelings I had at different times with the Lord. You know, I'd try and pray in a certain spot where I'd prayed before just because I felt God there. Turned out it didn't work like I thought it would. The Lord's like, that's cute. (laughs) You know, he knows where we're at and he keeps working with us. Amen. Regular church services and special meetings are important. There's nothing wrong with spirit-filled believers loving the manifestations of the Holy Spirit. I love the manifestations of the Holy Spirit and the feelings that accompany these meetings. We should expect it and enjoy it. How many know if the Spirit of God's moving in joy, get in and have you some? Amen? You feel the presence of God and there's a shout in the room, you shout. You feel the presence of God, I mean, and, and he's surrounding you and, you, and you feel like, man, i got to kneel in worship. Kneel in worship. People say, well, there's not enough room. Do the best you can where you're at. I need a bigger building. You believe, I'll believe we'll get a bigger building, all right? Well, plenty of space. But here's the deal. Until then, don't not do it. Turn around in your chair and kneel on your, you know, kneel facing your chair if you have to. Get out in the aisle, but don't. Take up the whole aisle, and, and, and if somebody goes by while, during worship and hits your hand, don't worry about it. Just be holy, stay in the Spirit, and stay on your knees and worship the Lord. Be humble before the Lord, but be conscious of your surroundings. Amen? We need those things. There's good in all of it, and we should expect it and enjoy it. But our daily walk with the Lord is not, is not, is not in special meetings. Church, the church building is the locker room, and life is the game. In order to win in the daily game of life, we must learn and live by faith. I wrote down a couple of things that I think would be good for you. Uh, I shared this one on Facebook, but... And, and Instagram, but don't underestimate the importance of understanding Bible faith. 
Don't underestimate the importance of this subject. It is vitally important to your lives. Another thing that the Holy Spirit I felt impressed me with is we get ourselves into danger when we treat as common what God calls precious. If I treat common what God calls precious, I'm then not what? Putting the value on what he places the value on. How many have ever in a situation in your life, and I'll raise both my hands ahead of time, because I know what I'm asking ahead of time. (laughs) How many of you in your life decided, I've got a better idea than God concerning this situation in my life? Ooh, Jesus. As Grammy would say, how's that working out for you? (laughs) Those of you that don't know Grammy, you'll probably meet her sometime. Anyway, (laughs) how's that working out for you? In other words, what did I do? I called God's wisdom common. Ooh. Stings a little bit, doesn't it? Because you go, and it, and it has a life-giving effect to it too, because you go, oh yeah, man, I should not have done that. Some of the best lessons I've learned have been in disobedience, <laughs> and it hurts so bad I'm not doing it again. Now, thank God for his mercy. Otherwise, we'd be in big trouble, right? Thank God for Jesus. 2 Peter chapter 1, verse 1. I know I have you in Matthew, but you can turn over to 2 Peter or scroll your whatever you got. I still think they should uh, make an app that co- it has a page-turning sound when you're on a phone or a tablet or whatever. 2 Peter chapter 1, verse number 1, I believe says this, Simon Peter, a bondservant and apostle of Jesus Christ, watch this now, to those who have obtained like precious faith. What does God call faith? Precious. Do you think it's important? Another word for that word precious has to do with honor. We are to honor as the people of God what He honors. When we respect and honor something, it changes the way we handle it. It changes the way we think about it. It changes, it it transforms our thinking, which then has an effect moving down into our voice, and in our voice, and when we speak, then it creates or it works as a steering wheel to the way that we conduct ourselves in this natural life. James said the tongue is like a rudder. He said it's like a bit in what? A horse's... What what is a bit in a horse's mouth? It's the steering wheel to the horse. So imagine if you have your horse running and your mouth is saying all sorts of things. So anybody ever been on a runaway... Horse, how did that work out for you? How many have gone horse riding since? You just, like, that's enough. I need something with a key. I can turn it off. (laughs) 
<laughs> I know there's horse people here. <laughs> but see, what is the correlation to our natural life? In faith, what are we speaking? Are we speaking our faith? Or are we at a dead run and speaking everything the world is saying and everything we feel and every thought that comes to our head? Do you know why arguments go on for years? Whether they're public or secret? You say, they go on for years? Yeah, in people's heads. Do you know why they go on for years? No controlling of the scripture says in the Old Testament in Proverbs, where there's no talebearer, actually says strife ends, but right before that it says, where there's no wood, the fire goes. People say, when I see that person, it just rises up within me. That's because you're still putting wood on the fire. Stop putting wood on the fire. Somebody come up to you and say, well, what about this so-and-so? You go, I don't talk about those things anymore. I don't even want coals there. I don't want nothing there. I don't talk about that no more. It puts the fire what? Out. So then what are we doing when we do that? We're, we're counting as precious what God counts as precious. We're honoring what he honors. We're giving respect to what he gives respect. So concerning the, the subject of faith, going back to Matthew 17 verse 20 and you can mark these down if you don't want to turn to them I think it's good to look at them but sometimes I'll move too fast Matthew chapter 17 verse number 20 says so Jesus said to them because of your unbelief now he's talking to his disciples they were asking him a question on why they didn't see a particular manifestation uh, that they were ministering to to a, a family and he said he said this I say to you if you have faith as a mustard seed, you will say to this mountain, move from here to there, and it will move, and nothing will be impossible for you. Now, if we're going to honor the words of Jesus, because these words are just as precious to us as John 3.16, what should we be thinking in terms of faith? We should be thinking, first of all, we don't need a lot of it to move a big object. How big's a mustard seed? Pretty small. Now, a mustard seed produces some pretty good results if you plant it. So it can grow into something substantial. But how big, in comparison, is a mountain to a seed? A little bit of a size difference, correct? So this, is gonna, this illustration automatically forces you to a place of faith. Because he didn't say, I'm going to give you some dynamite. And bit by bit, you will remove the mountain. He didn't say that, did he? He said what? He said, here's mustard seed faith and it can move what? So say this with me. I can move mountains in my life with mustard seed faith. And nothing will be impossible for me. Now you're going to have to grab your head. Because your head's going to go, what about this? What about this? And then the devil's going to come and go, yeah, what about that? See, the Lord lied. 
It's not true. That situation still hasn't changed. And that's when you need to respond, devil, I walk by faith and not so just hang around, Mr. Devil, because I'm going to stay in faith. And pretty soon, even though you're full of doubt and unbelief, you're going to see that my faith worked. People say, can you do that? The Bible says we can. Sometimes people are going, God, do something about the devil. And he goes, I did. It's your turn. <laughs> Mark chapter 9, verse number 23. Jesus said to him, if you can believe if you can believe what my son's looking for it ah oh, you got it attaboy if you can believe how many things but you know there are some situations that you know But you know, you gotta be, you gotta use, I love this statement. Maybe I don't love it. Maybe it irritates me. Well, you know, you gotta use wisdom. And what people are saying is step out of the realm of faith and begin to reason. But did Jesus teach that? Do you know a lot of, a lot of churches would not let Jesus teach in their church? Because his doctrine is too extreme. His, his thoughts are way out there. But if the Lord says this to us, can we do it? How many things are possible? I mean, you would not hurt yourself to walk around for the rest of the day after service going, all things are possible to me because I believe. All things. And you get that vision in your mind and that thought in your head. And all of a sudden, the imaginations of death and destruction and not making it and not overcoming and not doing what God has called you to do begin to dissipate. And there's a transformation, a, a transforming that takes place in our thinking. And all of a sudden, we see our, our families different. We see the church different. We see our finances different. We see our bodies different. We see our kids different. We see the world differently. Why? Because we're not walking by what we see natural. We're walking by what we see spiritual. It's a different place to function from. It's the place of what? The supernatural. Jesus never, he never taught us to function in the natural only. He taught us to live from the spirit to the natural. Not from the natural to the spirit. He did not teach that. The very, the, very, the very basic principle of the new birth is a spiritual must for you to enter in. You are saved by grace through faith. What is the part of you that is changed when you're born again? It is your spirit. Or, it, depending on how you were raised or your background, your heart. It wasn't your physical heart. Your physical heart didn't change when you got saved. Your spirit man changed. You changed on the inside. 
Now, this is hard for people to grasp sometimes because, uh, or, or, or we struggle to grasp it. It takes some effort to put your faith on it and receive it and grow in it. But you're a spirit first. You have a soul or a mind, and you live in this. This is a tent. This, I make fun of this sometimes. I shouldn't. Well, maybe there's a balance. I'm working on the Lord with it about it. But anyway, I'm, why? This is going back to what? Right? But what will live on? Watch. Me. You actually, because I'm born again, you can't kill me. Because <laughs> I'm not a body. I'm not again, you know, sometimes people think, well, I'm going to go visit, you know, this loved one of mine's grave and, and talk to them. Well, I'm not, I'm not against visiting the grave, but realize they're not there. They're in heaven. And instead of talking to them, talk to the Lord. We, the Lord did not teach reincarnation. The Lord made butterflies, but people don't show up again as butterflies. I know sometimes we were like, really? I thought, I know, I know. I understand where your thought is going. But if they're born again, they're as real now in heaven as they were here without a physical body. They have a spiritual body. And they're with the Lord. And sometimes people think, well, I need to communicate with them. No, you don't. You need to communicate with the Lord. You're not going to get better advice from them than you are the Lord. Amen. Amen. Paul put it this way. He said to be absent from the body is to be what? Present with the Lord. So we read through some different things, and those are our two main scriptures. And so what we, we left off last week, what faith is and how it comes. And what I wanted to do first this morning is go to what faith is. We'll see how far we get. I did touch on how faith comes because the way I was preaching last week, I felt like I need to get this in you so that at least you hear it. I didn't teach on it. But Romans chapter 10, verse number 17, and maybe I should have reversed these points based on the scripture, but we can, we can, you can work with me and see it the way it it needs to be seen. So we're talking about what faith is. Romans 10, verse 17. In the New King James Version, it says, So then faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. Let me read it to you in the Amplified. It says, So faith comes by hearing what is told, and what is heard comes by the preaching of the message that came from the lips of Christ, the Messiah himself. The Weymouth says it this way, And this proves that faith comes from a message heard. And that the message comes through its having been spoken by Christ. It actually, the New King James puts it as, as, the, as the word of God, but it's actually the word of Christ in, in the Greek. In the uh, Bible in basic English, it says this, so faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of Christ. The Passion Translation says, faith then, watch this, is birthed in a heart that responds to God's anointed utterance of the anointed one. Whew. How does faith come? Hearing. Okay. So what is faith? 
Faith, by definition, is a conviction based upon hearing. I like the word, I like to say it's a knowing. Sometimes people say, ooh, did you, you know, did you feel the anointing in the service? And when we sang that one song, oh, I just felt God in the room. That is not faith. That is feeling. Have you ever prayed a prayer and you just really felt like God heard you, but then the situation didn't change? That's because it wasn't faith. It was feeling. Ooh, don't we love this? I, 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 a few people just went, oh, that's why, that's why that didn't happen the way I thought it was going to. Feeling God heard you doesn't really matter. The scripture says when you pray, he, whether you felt it or, makes no difference. He hears you every single time you pray. He heard you. And people say, well, then what's the important part of faith? The faith, our faith is what keeps the door open for the manifestation to come. Now, the wonderful thing about faith, and it is a persuasion, it is an assurance, it is a conviction of the truth. I like this definition with the predominant idea of trust or confidence, whether in God or in Christ. Your confidence is in the Lord. So when you pray about something, you're actually saying by that act of prayer, Lord, I'm confident that you have an answer for me in this situation. It's a confidence, a knowing. Hebrews chapter 11, verse number 1 says this, now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things what? Not seen. So simply, faith is a knowing. It is a heart conviction based on what you have heard. So, if the Lord says to you, the love of God, Romans 5.5, 5, you don't have to put that up, Ian. Romans 5.5, 5, the love of God is shed abroad in your heart by the Holy Spirit. So can you ever say, if that's true, I hate this person? Not if you're walking by faith. Have your feelings ever told you that God's word is a lie? Oh, yeah. And then when you make a decision to walk in the love of God instead of how you feel in a situation, you are now walking by faith. And it has nothing to do with how you feel. You're living on a conviction. You do this more than you realize. As believers, we do. What ends up getting us into trouble is when we begin to relate to people in situations outside of what he said. So faith is this. It's a conviction, a knowing. It's all these things. And we talked about this. Um, and I, I want to look at this Hebrews 11.1 1 again. It, faith is the what? The substance of things hoped for. The evidence of things not seen. I want to read a different translation to you. Um, I'm going to read... I'm going to read the New Living. It says this. Faith is the confidence 
that what we hope for will actually happen. It gives us assurance about things we cannot see. This is a window into what you cannot see with your natural eye. When you, were, when you heard John 3.16, For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son, that whoever believes in Him should not perish but have everlasting life. How many here have seen Jesus in the flesh? None of you have. Nobody has. Now, if you had a vision of Jesus... He had resurrected flesh, but he wasn't in the flesh like we know. So what took place then? You believed in something you couldn't, and it manifested as a change here. See, the wonderful thing about faith, and this is why we don't want to underestimate it. The wonderful thing about faith is this. Is that the way you got in is how you live. You're saved by grace through faith. Notice the word through faith. Our faith gives grace an opportunity to flow through So when you go to pray for your child who's sick, they're running a fever, they have a cold, whatever it is, and you go as a believer because that's what you are, because you've received Christ, and you go lay hands on your child, and you say, in the name of Jesus, I command this sickness to leave my child's body. When you are in faith, there's a grace supply that's been made available through Jesus called by his stripes. Come on. We just practiced this before, this, before we got into the message, right? And when you did that, what happened? Your faith gave an open door to what? Grace. A grace of what? Healing. So in my marriage with Heidi, if I want an open door of grace, of the love of God to flow through me to her, what do I need to be in? I need to be in faith. I know this is going to be hard to believe, but there are times I do stuff that Heidi doesn't love. <laughs> and in those times where a situation isn't looking like we know the promise declares... We need to go back and say, the grace says, Lord, this. So in faith, I release the grace. Are we living at all things are possible? Are we living, are we living at nothing shall be impossible to me? I think we need to know some more about this subject of faith. All right, let's end on this. You're doing good. You learning anything? I am too, while I'm talking, so thank you. I think I may come back to something later. Actually, I have to probably reverse on 
change up some order on some of these things because I, I want to talk about head faith versus heart faith. But it's too much for the time we have left. So let's just hit this again. How does faith come? By hearing, right? All right, I'll read it to you this way. I'll read this comment. Actually, I'm going to read another translation of Hebrews 11.1. 1, and then we'll... I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm just going to end here on this particular point. But it'll be good. We always have next week. I could be on this subject for the rest of the year. I mean... But you know what you think? People think... Sometimes they think, the rest of the year... I want to learn something else. It won't matter if you learn it if you can't manifest it. How's that going to help me? Well, yeah, I got all this knowledge. And, and we do have knowledge. I mean, there's, there's an abundance of biblical knowledge in the earth like never before. Tons of it. But none of it will work. In my life, if I don't understand faith, I have to understand faith. Now, here's the other thing. People have been saved for 20 and 30 years. Go, I know this subject. You're missing it. If you, if you, you'll miss the appropriate response to what God calls precious. Now, we're not undercutting everything that we've done for 20 or 30 years. But the idea that we understand everything about the Lord, I just can't learn anymore. That's spiritual pride. The enemy has got you right where he wants you, right? Hebrews 11.1 1 in another translation, God's Word translation says, Faith assures us of things we expect and convinces us of the existence of things we cannot see. Wow. Now, how many have read Hebrews chapter 11? Are there any faith exploits in Hebrews chapter 11? Are there any situations in Hebrews chapter 11 where they were up against a mountain and all they had was a mustard seed? Come on. If you and I were around during the days of Joshua and the Lord's word through Joshua was, all right, boys, Everybody mount up. We're going to go walk around the Jericho's walls for a few days. And then at the end, we're going to launch nukes, right, Joshua? We're going to give them the heavy artillery. Well, it's not quite like that, guys. Oh, we're going to burrow underneath, right, Joshua? We're going to dig tunnels under the walls. And then we're going to set explosives underneath. And then blow the thing up and we'll take it over and it'll be awesome. And Joshua's like, well, the plans aren't exactly like that. Well, what are we going to do? We're going to blow horns and shout. And people are going, where's Moses? We need Moses back. This guy's an idiot. The supernatural looks foolish to the natural. What are we going to do, Joshua? We're going to shout and blow horns. 
Come on, archaeologists have found the walls of Jericho. And guess what they are? They actually look like they've been shoved into the ground. Does shouting shove someone into the ground? <laughs> if you're led, it's good preaching, good preaching. <laughs> I don't know how the Lord did it. I want to watch that video. When I get to heaven. Look, it must have been angels dancing on the walls. I don't know. You know, can you imagine angels holding hands all the way around? Everybody jump at once. Boom. <laughs> and again, boom. Come on. You have that kind of faith. You've got the one in you. Come on, they weren't even born again. They didn't even have Jesus in them. And you do. Wow. I'm going to stop there because that's a good ending. I'm not going to get in a hurry on this. Joy, would you come? I want to pray and give people an opportunity to give their heart to the Lord, but we are faith people. Now, this is the thing. You know, people say, we've, we hear so many good testimonies about people's experience in church here. And uh, the reason why is because is because God's word always works in people that will receive it. You know, sometimes people think, and God anoints people for different positions and things like that. But the reason why he puts ministers where they are is because, and the reason why he put ministry gifts in the body of Christ, those that preach and teach and things like that, is simply because he wants you to have fellowship with him like Jesus does and did. The Father desires that you know God like Jesus walked with God on the earth. That's what the purpose of the gifts, the ministry gifts, is actually to empower every age group from little, little all the way on up to know God themselves. If you're in here and you're a teenager, you can know God yourself. You can hear him speak to you. He, you have faith. In fact, you're probably better off than some of the olders. Because they have less, you have less world uh, doubt and unbelief affecting you. Depending on where you came from in your background. God has designed us to walk with him, watch this, in oneness. People say, well, I just don't have the education you do. It's not about education, it's about faith. Knowledge helps. But I've met people that, uh, and seen ministers that God has used 
who are so uneducated, but yet God has done wonderful things in and through their lives because they submitted to him. They gave themselves to him. You see, Jesus walks with you when you leave. He came in when you came in. He's everywhere. And he's with you and in you if you're born again. Which means he goes to your job. He's sitting with you in your house. He's watching TV with you. Boy, sometimes people go, Ooh, maybe I shouldn't watch that. <laughs> you know, he's listening to the music you're listening to. Now, here's what's wonderful. He's not condemning you. Now, he'll convince you of better choices. But how many are grateful Jesus isn't petty? You know what I mean by that? He doesn't go, oh, well, that's it. Rayson did it again. This is the last straw. How many know Jesus is not a camel and you cannot break his back? Come on, the straw that broke the camel's back. Some of you are like, uh, yeah. <laughs> this is the Jesus will stay with you as long as you want to stay with him. Amen. So would you bow your heads and close your eyes? I want to give people, our altar care workers are going to come up. Give people an opportunity to receive Jesus this morning. Or maybe rededicate your life. I don't know where you're at. Scripture says that God loves us and he doesn't want us to perish. Perish. We've quoted this, John 3.16. God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. Scripture says that all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. Sin is what causes separation. It's what caused it in the beginning. Romans 3.23 says that. Scripture says that heaven is a free gift. That you can't earn it or deserve it. Romans 6.23 says the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life. God wanted us to be brought back into relationship with him. And so Romans 5, 8, and 9 says, But God demonstrates his own love toward us in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Much more than having now been justified by his blood, we shall be saved from wrath through him. We receive God's forgiveness through faith by trusting in Christ. Romans 10, 9, and 10 says, If you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus... Believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead. You will be saved. For with your heart, with your you, the true inner man, you believe unto righteousness. And with the mouth, confession is made unto salvation. And you can place your faith in Jesus and receive God's gift of eternal life right now. So with every head bowed and eye closed, if you'd like to receive Jesus, I just want you to raise your hand where you're at. and We want to pray with you this morning. Just give it just a few seconds here. Sometimes people need just a few seconds. If you're watching online and you've never received Jesus, we want to minister to you as well. You can message there and uh, the, the team will uh, get that message to us and we'll get a hold of you. 
It doesn't look like I see any hands. That's all right. Praise God. You know, the last couple of weeks, uh, you can go ahead and look at me. Last couple of weeks prior to this Sunday, I think we had somewhere around 10 people give their heart to the Lord, either for the first time or rededicate their, their heart to the Lord. I'm always, I love to see people, invite people that don't know Jesus. Trust me, you get in this atmosphere. It's like a slippery creek bank. Come on, how many as a kid you ever played by a creek bank and your, your mom said, don't go too close. I don't want your clothes to get wet. And you went too close. And all of a sudden you were wet. A good church is like that. Amen? So we bless you. If you need prayer for anything else today, Altar care workers are available. We want to pray with you no matter what it is. Any, any grace, any promise in the word of God, we'll, 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 we'll put it in you. We'll give it to you. So don't escape without that prayer. Don't forget we have a youth group tonight and then Bible study Wednesday night. I trust you receive something. Come on, how many believers? Ooh, I'm a faith person. Be blessed and enjoy your week, and we'll see you next time. Bless you. Thank you for taking the time to listen today. If you would like more information about Faith Family Church, including service times and location, visit faithfamilybillings.com.